You're listening to Ants Talk. My next guest has been a club DJ, a UK breakfast radio presenter, comedy writer, and a presenter and hypnotist. Matt Hale works as a comedy hypnotist. I am so excited to talk more about this. So please welcome Matt to the show. How are you, Matt? Oh, very nice. And thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I um, heard all about you and was looking you up and thought, you sound fascinating. So I wanted to interview you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we are. Uh, Here we are indeed, indeed. So Matt, tell us, how did your career start? Uh, Yeah, it's kind of an interesting one. Um, And and you're talking about the career as a comedy hypnotist, I guess? Yes. (laughs) Because you've had many. Yeah, yeah. there's there's been a few, but yeah, for the last 10 years, this is the one I've been professionally doing, uh, traveling around the world. Obviously, I was doing it terribly unprofessionally for many years before that, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No. Um, Yeah, unfortunately, there's no Hogwarts-style school you can go to for this kind of thing. Uh, but uh, I was always fascinated with how the mind works. Mm. And from a very early age, I was experimenting with uh, what you could do with memory. If you knew certain memory techniques, the amazing things you could do with you know, remembering you know, 50 people's names or a shuffled deck of cards or lots of bizarre things. And so from that, after I learned techniques to do that, and that seemed quite amazing, then I started to see hypnotists and I was thinking, wow, that looks fascinating. Let me delve deeper into that. And so I started looking to old books and trying to talk to old hypnotists about how it all worked and, and kind of went from there and started dabbling and just trying different things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. And, and then you know, it, it progressed from there and, and got a bit more formal after that than rather, rather than just experimenting. <laughs> so Matt, I know that you've, you've been a, a DJ on radio. You've, you've been a presenter. You've done many, many things in your career. Um, what are some of the biggest moments you've had in your career, whether it be for the hypnotist side or for the other side? Uh, wow. This, I, I've done some quite bizarre things over the years. I mean, I guess with radio, I, I, I worked in breakfast radio for quite a while. And, uh, you know, that, that ended up putting me in some, in some very bizarre situations, like, you know, being strapped to the bonnet of a car and going through the wall of fire at a monster truck show. <laughs> Uh, being, um, what else like all sorts of kind of weird stunts and things like that I did obviously I end up talking to lots of very famous people on breakfast radio everyone from Matt Damon to the Spice Girls and all sorts of people across the years but then in hypnosis wise uh, there's a few moments that stand out I mean very doing some very nice big theatres is always fantastic but sometimes it's just the strange things that happen in various gigs that stand out you know i i do work all over the world but I, I do get the chance to work in some very strange places and i remember going out to a very remote mining uh, area to entertain the workers out there and the show was semi outside and halfway through the show we had to stop the show because a snake went through the audience and they had to catch that that to bring the snake catcher in to catch the snake before we could restart the show so there's been some interesting moments so when you were a DJ, that was that in the UK? Oh, yeah. So going back to DJing, I, I started DJing when I was 15 and that was in the UK. And then when I turned 18, I was able to work overseas and, and, and obviously in the clubs in the UK as well. So that's when I started DJing kind of professionally then at the age of 18. And mm. actually at the age of 18, I, I would then go off and do uh, a few months work in the Greek islands. So I'd go and spend the, nice. the, like, the summer season. Yeah, so I, I would work in Greece, Malta, did a season in Ibiza. Um, yeah, and so that was, and, and that love of music still holds, and I, I still do throw the, 
throw the odd set down. And I actually run a, a separate podcast called uh, called the Clubnotist, which uh, the Clubnotist, well, the Clubnosis experience is actually a hypnosis and house music crossover project of mine. Wow. Where it's this is actually a live event where I I kind of liken it to like a one hour guided visualization to, to house music. Um, and, but then on the fringe of that, I, I still run a, a mixed under the club gnosis guys at once a month as well. So oh, very cool. Very cool. I actually love house music. So I'm going to have to have a listen to that. I'm actually oh, working yes. on a radio station at the moment. Um, I do uh, sort of, I'm the news traffic and weather guy on fresh FM. Oh, nice. um, so radio, radio is a very unique and interesting field it really is yeah yeah it's it's a great media I, I spent many years in radio like radio was an absolute passion of mine i i started in community radio when i was 15 uh, obviously the the djing career in clubs took over after that but when i decided i was gonna um, stay in the uk rather than keep traveling around with the dj work i then started working in, in radio in the uk and uh, i just absolutely loved that and and that crossed over from uh, breakfast radio in the UK to when I moved to Australia and, and then, you know, continued, you know, breakfast radio over, over in Australia and, and it still holds a, a very special place in my heart. So I'm, I'm very lucky now because I get to be on the other side of it. So I still get my little radio fixed by, you know, jumping into lots of different stations all around yeah. the country and the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So tell me with the hypnotist stuff, how did, um, how did you sort of first get into it? Like, did you have just an interest or was there someone that you saw doing it or? Yeah. Like I said, I already had that fascination with the mind and how the mind works. And I also love, I loved entertainment, you know, having kind of come to DJing at the age of 15, I was always someone who was uh, not shy of <laughs> the limelight or crowds or that, that kind of thing. And so uh, that, that mix of entertainment and what you can do with the mind was particularly interesting for me. So then when I saw, stage hypnotists working it, it had a big pull for me the only thing back then was the way they presented it seemed quite strange to me you know it was very much a an old school oh this is a power i was born with so yeah. mysterious and dark and strange and i will take control of your and it, i i didn't like that presentation and i and obviously i i didn't buy into the, the fact that this is a power you're born with and that kind of thing for me having already an interesting you know how the mind works and basic psychology and suggestion i could see how this was all coming into play but it was just how it was positioned i needed to work on that mm. so you know if you see any of my shows right from the day i started doing my shows you know 10 years ago i've always portrayed it as like this is a state of mind we use all the time now a lot of the time we use it accidentally daydreaming zoning out sometimes we use this state of mind on purpose mindfulness meditation yoga it's all the same state of mind. Now, when I do this on stage with a group of people, sometimes for the audience, it's hard for them to think, how could someone really believe at such a point that it almost feels real at that point? But when I point out that we do this all the time, you know, if you watch a movie and it's a sad movie and you cry at that movie, that is your mind making it feel real at the time. Of course, that dog's not dead. It's just a stunt dog. It's a story mm. that someone's written. It's actors pretending to do it, but yet it feels so real. It can actually make you cry. You can have your heart race at a scary movie, even though, you know, it's just a story. So yeah. our minds have that ability to do that all, all the time. So, of course, when I kind of explain that, it makes a lot more sense to how we can create that, you know, intense imagination and focus on, on stage as well. 
that was actually going to be my next question is how, what would you say to skeptics out there? How would you yeah, describe well, well, it? Yeah. Well, well for, fortunately, I, I think that's, I, I think what happens is because I don't hide anything in the show and I'm not, I'm not portraying it as anything that it actually isn't. Mm. It, it, it suddenly becomes a much more transparent process. So you kind of see, and again, when I explain, look, you know, we can focus on a thought and make it feel real. Like I've just explained with movies, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You can, you know, athletes can, uh, let's, let's say a footy player can play a massive game, have some kind of injury or a big gash on their leg or whatever, not really notice it because the adrenaline's pumping, the focus is on the game, and it's only once the game finishes that pain kicks in and that mind's blocked out that pain. You know, we have that ability to kind of direct our imagination and our thoughts in laser-like precision. So, yeah, when I kind of explain that and show us how we do it in all sorts of, it makes it um, a much more easy to follow process. Of course, if I stand up on the stage and say, you're gonna look into my eyes, I'm gonna snap my fingers, you're gonna collapse into a sleep and I'm gonna control what you do, well then, you know, I'm also on the side of the guys going, really? Yeah, bet you are, you know? Um, <laughs> so, but the thing is, I, I want people to know that this is not only what you see hap happening on stage is something we can create, so we can create that focus, make something feel real, is that, that once you believe, or not once you believe, once you see it's possible, or even experience it if you take part in that show. Yeah, so when people see it on stage and presented in, in a light where it's not pretending to be something that it isn't it makes more sense and and also when you can see that ability whether it's yourself either experiences taking part on stage or as an audience member seeing someone make it happen in front of you it then enables you to say okay so this is something i can use in everyday life i have that ability to use my own mind mm. to kind of control the way i want to think and feel it, you know it, it comes down to that absolute focus and it's great you know the people who take part in the show have that direct experience of them being able to like man if i can if i can get to such a point i believed i was dri driving my dream car or speaking alien or whatever it is I, I certainly know that i have the ability to make myself feel good if i'm not feeling great yeah that's really interesting i mean even when going back to when you were saying about you know, when people are in that environment and sort of the hype of the moment and everybody's sort of all included and, it, uh, you know, the suggestive sort of thinking, I wonder if they, <laughs> I wonder if that's how churches work. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm certainly not a religious person, but I, I got invited to uh, my uh, brother-in-law's, um, uh, sorry, it's my, my niece's, I think it was some, some event at a church they're, 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 they're a religious side of the family and going to that church and it was a very charismatic style church a lot of singing a lot of dancing there were smoke machines there was a rock band oh lots of chanting lots of things i was like man this is this is a stage hypnosis show ran up, <laughs> wrapped up in something else this is fantastic i could see i could see the suggestion at play i could see the the ramping up of emotions there was a lot of similar yeah. similarities yeah i've i went to i've been to a very similar um church for a visit <laughs> and i've also i actually have seen your show not live but i have actually seen it on you know on the spots that you've done on sunrise and on even i think i've watched a special where they showed a little bit you know a little of what you do and it is very similar i think um, I really do think that they're sort of, 
utilizing all their um, skills yeah. to, to lead and promote. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that's a really good demonstration of, of the power of suggestion. And, mm. you know, that's something we see not obviously just in the church, not just in shows, but in all sorts of things. You know, that's, that's, that's how rapport is built. Yeah. That's how you, you persuade a group of people to think or motivate them. Uh, and it's, you know, it's the same, it's definitely a big crossover in technique. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I see this not obviously just in churches and obviously not just in shows, but in all sorts of things. You know, so whether it's a, a big group gathering, whether it's someone who's a good motivator of people. This is Ant's Talk. So, Matt, um, what, what are some of the most common reactions you get from people after they've been hypnotized? Oh, this is a really interesting question, actually. I'm glad you've asked that because I think a lot of people, if they've not experienced it before, are kind of either unsure or they have a completely wrong idea of what it's going to feel like. You know, I have all sorts of expectations like, oh, am I going to forget everything? Am I going to be asleep? Am I going to be like a zombie? Am I going to be blah, 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 blah? When actually, if, if you speak to, you know, most people after they've taken part in one of my shows, and I love, I love, trying to get people's experience and hear them verbalize it. The most common reaction seemed to be, I was aware of what I was doing. I just didn't seem to question it at the time. Mm. And yeah, it just seems to, it, it's, it's almost like that little voice, which in no, normal everyday life, if I said to you, oh, you know, now you're stuck to your chair, like part of your mind would kind of go, well, I'm not, am I? There's no clue on it. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but that kind of little voice seems to be a bit quieter. It's almost like you're getting involved in that movie. You're feeling that, oh my goodness, what if I was stuck to that chair? Oh, yeah. I am stuck to that chair. You know, so it, that, that critical part seems to be silenced a lot more. It's funny, you know, my husband and I, we actually went and got hypnotized to stop smoking. Um, oh, yeah. And it was a really unique experience because we visited a guy here in Adelaide. Um, he had a very unique way of doing it. He had a very unusual voice, which sort of <laughs> would go really high and then really low and then really high and then really low. And he'd do all these really weird noises and sounds with his voice. And to begin right. with, I'm, I'm one of those people that giggle when stuff like that happens. So <laughs> yeah. I, I had giggles on. Um, we were getting done at the same time. So basically what he did was he, he sort of did me first while my husband was in the room and then went on to my husband. When he did me, I sort of, cause I've always struggled with the whole meditation stuff and everything because I'm a terrible sleeper. So I fall asleep. Oh, yeah. If someone stops me and says, meditate for five minutes, I'll be asleep in two minutes. Um, right. because I've finally gotten that rest and I'm actually, you know, at peace and I can just go back. Yeah. Um, and I so sort good, of yeah. felt like I was halfway between sleep and being awake. I still remember hearing his voice and stuff like that. And because I had the giggles on, I just had to ignore my husband and really focus on what the guy was <laughs> trying to do. Um, yeah. And the weird thing is, is that when we finished and he'd, he'd done my husband, but my husband literally did fall asleep and was snoring the whole lot. Right. But I sort of, um, when I came to and we, we walked out and whatever, I said to him, I said, what was that stuff he was burning? And he went, what are you talking about? And I went, that smell. I said, it was almost like incense. And he went, he didn't burn anything. And I got this really weird sort of fragrant smell that I kept smelling while I was, you know, being hypnotized. Um, and funny enough, my husband ended up smoking four hours later. 
Um, and oh, I didn't smoke good. again for four months. So it actually did work on me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's interesting with, you know, that smell that you're, that you thought you'd actually smell. I mean, it, it's, again, it's your brain making it feel real at the time for whatever yeah. reason that smell popped into your mind. But, it, you know, we have that ability, you know, like a certain, a certain smell can bring back memories of, you know, things way gone past, you know, mm. you know, if you can imagine what, you know, just fresh cut grass smells like or a fresh coffee and that you don't have to actually smell it to kind of be able yeah, to yeah. know what that actually feels or smells like. So your, your brain fills in the gap. So, you know, if you start to have a thought of a certain smell, whether you're consciously thought about that smell or not, your, your brain can fill in the gaps and make it feel real. Mm. Do you think anyone can be hypnotized? Well, look, I think, I think most people can be, I think for some people it takes a lot longer uh, and some people it takes more than a few goes, but only in the same way that, you know, you might be terrible at meditating the first time you try yet someone else might be like, Oh, this is so good. The first time they try. So in my experience over the years, you know, it's interesting because quite often, you know, I, I start with a group of people on stage if I'm doing this on stage and then what I'll do, I'm using a very general process and obviously I want to move the show on fairly quickly. So not everyone's going to respond to that quick process or they might need a different technique, which is why, you know, I, I ask a few people to kind of head back to the audience and enjoy it from there. So that doesn't necessarily mean they can't be hypnotized. They just might need more time. They just might need a, a different technique. They may be just maybe a bit more conscious of someone leaning on them or maybe they heard the air condition and they weren't able to focus enough elsewhere. So there's so many things that come into play, which is make it why or why not someone can't do that on the evening. And I, I can never tell anyone. Yeah, I can never tell that it's because one particular thing. Uh, but I, what I will say to people is like, don't be put off if the first time you try, it, it, it's not successful for you because, you know, it may just have been the environment or what was on your mind mm. or, or a number of things. And I've had people come to the show, you know, three times and twice I've asked them, hey, just enjoy it from the audience this time. And the third time, point, they've been like the first one, like just, you know, absolutely, you know, absolutely down and ready, ready for the show, you know? Yeah, so yeah. it's, uh, yeah. I think that is it because I mean, I, I've got a mind that races most of the time. So the first time I tried to meditate was just a complete and utter waste of time. Um, but over the years I've, you know, I've been able to work out how I can calm my mind down and sort of, yeah, yeah. but then yeah. again, I mean, it, you know, it, with me, it always borders on that calming my mind down to being catatonic in sleep because I lack sleep so much that it's sort of a very fine line between the two with me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do find quite a lot. Sometimes people say, Oh my goodness, that is the most relaxed I have been forever. It's the first time I yeah. can remember for years where my mind has stopped racing and I was, feel amazing you know so it, it, what you're explaining with you know that that sleep is sometimes it's almost like you've given yourself permission to finally shut off and that feels amazing so yeah. suddenly right, i'm gonna take i'll take advantage of that situation turning off the monkey brain that's constantly yeah exactly talking exactly. and thinking and analyzing yeah. and yeah. criticizing yeah, yeah definitely um so what are some of your funniest stories that you've 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 dealt with by, by doing this show <laughs> Yeah, there's always strange things that happen in the show. I'm like, every, 
even if I mean, you know, I've got my fringe seasons coming up. I'm doing Fringe World in Perth, thirty shows, and then we'll do twenty-five shows at Adelaide Fringe as well. And, and oh, I'll have to come and have a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, Perth is middle of Jan to middle of Feb, and Adelaide I'll be March. I think Feb 19. Yeah, Feb nineteen yeah. to March fifteen I'll be there at, at Gluttony. So. Um, but, but even doing the same show night after night, the reactions are always different and there's always something that happens, which is just, oh, I didn't think of that reaction or that always surprises me, makes me laugh just as much as it does the audience. And, you know, for example, occasionally, you know, we'll do a routine where, you know, someone will believe that they're a friendly alien and you know, they've been speaking in their strange alien language. And quite often I'll, I'll ask them to demonstrate what the equivalent of a handshake is on their planet. Now I, I've learned, <laughs> I've learned from experience to make sure that's a friendly handshake. So I don't get uh, kicked anywhere painful or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I'm actually quite a tiny person. And so um, I was, I was doing this one show and this massive, like tall, big, burly guy. I said, you know, demonstrate to me what your handshake is on your planet. And he, basically just like leant down and licked the front of my head to the back. I was like, oh, of course it was. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but it it sent the audience into stitches. Oh, I bet. Um, Yeah, so random things like that happen all the time. So, yeah, Yeah. it's from show show to show. There's always something that just, uh, you know, it surprises me just as much as the audience. So I also know the other side of your job. You also do presentations and, and facilitation and stuff like that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I do a lot of keynote presentations at various conferences around the world. Uh, probably the, the, the most common one that I do is called Mind Hacking Happiness for Business and Personal Success. And that's a presentation where look, it's fun. I bring up people on stage. We do some uh, stuff where I, I demonstrate what visualization can do and, and the effects even in the short amount of time of using your mind to visualize things can, can make it feel real. So it almost looks like hypnosis sometimes, but it, mm. it's not, I'm just showing the kind of focus that we might see athletes use sports people use when they work on their game before actually getting on the field, before they take that golf shot, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, you can put that into play across all walks of life. So I explain various ways of not only how to do that properly, but also, uh, also how the mind works so once you kind of learn the way your mind makes patterns and then affects your behavior in a certain way whether good or bad and whether on purpose or not then once you know how that happens it's almost like you can't be fooled again so you can then decide to create the pattern you want you know if that's if you're a sales guy of course that's okay how i'm going to motivate myself to pick up the phone 20 times a day Mm. or how am i going to you know going to a meeting feeling confident or, you know, on the personal side, it could just be how I'm going to wake up in the morning feeling great about, you know, getting up at seven o'clock. So yeah. these are all patterns we get used to. So if you're the kind of person who gets up in the morning and always thinks, oh, geez, I'm just not a morning person. That's just a way that you've taught your mind to feel like that. You've done it so many times that eventually your mind went, all right, mate, <laughs> I'll run that pattern from now on. So, yeah, you know, when we start to focus on, okay, how, how do I want to feel tomorrow morning when I get up? What would that look like? What would it feel like? You know, jumping out of bed, smile on my face, ready to face the day. You know, when you start getting your mind used to that, it's almost when it gets that point, it it tries to kick in that behavior. And the more you practice that in your mind, 
the more it starts to blur the reality and, and, and pushes it further into your reality. It's so true because I never used to be a morning person where, um, it, you know, it, it, probably from my 20s onwards, I just sort of changed my way of perceiving mornings really. And now, I mean, I'm a early morning riser. It's when I feel my best of the day yep. and I find it really easy to get up, you know. Yeah, and and it and that's for that exact reason. You know, it's mm. it's a frame of mind you can start to make a normal frame of mind. You know, yeah. if it's if it's not a frame of mind you enjoy, that's just a pattern your mind's set into, and you've let it just run that. So, mm. what would you do with your hypnosis if life had no rules? <laughs> so, if you could do anything <laughs> with it <laughs> and not get in trouble, <laughs> <laughs> well. I'd, I'd probably be standing near the, the closest ATM, clicking my fingers and saying, you believe oh, that money is mine. <laughs> wouldn't that be brilliant? I didn't even think of that one. See, but, mine went but, straight uh, to sex. Shit. <laughs> 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 I, I, do, I do get asked that, that question in jest quite a lot um, about my wife. She's like, oh, yeah, okay, you know, you've got a beautiful wife. I, I bet you know, I, I bet you hypnotized her, you know. It's, that's always a very common one, you know. I love but, uh, it. I, I, do, I do like to say it's 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 great if you've got hypnotist as a husband. That's it. It's great because you you can believe you're married to George Clooney. So that's fine. <laughs> I love it. I also know that you've got a book, Mind Hacking Happiness. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Yeah, that's basically it's basically how to create a pattern of happiness in your mind that again becomes. Uh, you know your normal default pattern and it, it's mm. not just happiness it focuses on it's anything you want to focus on but it's it's pretty much how you can self-hypnotize yourself to to you know feel the way you want to feel sure when you want to feel it and it's just a, a very simple instructional way to do that uh, i think people found it quite a a nice easy guide there's no there's no fluff and mystery around it it's literally like this is how you, your mind does things yeah. so let's let it do things for the way you want it to do it that's it that's brilliant. Listen, Matt, what I normally do at the um, when I'm doing these podcasts, if I, I actually got some questions from a child that I'm going to ask you. Oh, right, nice. Okay, it's just something you. different. It just lightens the mood a little, and it sometimes it doesn't even make sure. sense. But I love doing it because I love <laughs> okay. children, and I love that the questions that they do ask. So yours are from Lockie, brilliant. who actually is actually here from Adelaide. His first question is right. aged eight. He said, "Do you like chilies?" I love chilies actually. I'm I'm someone who just I love that I love that feeling of pushing your your, your taste and your nose and all that mm. sensation just that little bit further than is comfortable. So I yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm I'm a very chi big chili fan. I I'm, I like spicy food in general. I, I'm I come from the UK originally, and the UK is obviously very big on curry. And I I love a good Indian curry. I love Thai spices. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Robbie. I'm the same. I actually love the way now. it makes you feel fuller after too. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that always helps. Um, do you <laughs> wear glasses? Uh, yes, I do. I don't wear them on stage and I actually only have started wearing them for close-up things like working on the laptop and, and, and reading probably in the last two or three years. So actually people don't see me wearing them too often uh, because it's just the close-up stuff and yeah. uh, I can get away without them, but I just feel that now it's... Uh, it, it, it makes my eyes feel more comfortable using them. And, sure. and I look damn good in them as well. So I should wear them a lot more. So. <laughs> I think the same with mine. 
So this last question, you, I mean, you're not expected to be able to answer it, but I'm going to ask you it anyway, and you can just give me the answer yeah. that you like. What's the yeah. lightest weight thing in the world? Oh, wow. Uh, the lightest weight thing in the world. I'm pretty light. I'm a tiny person, but I'm sure there's <laughs> things lighter than me. So <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm, I, I'll probably say air, and then all the scientists will... Will, will tell me I'm just ridiculously wrong, obviously. Uh, but that is the only thing that springs to mind. Okay. See, I would have said I would have said maybe a feather, or you know what I right. think is really light. Remember, you know when What's you that? you fish your goldfish those fish food flakes, they're really. Oh light. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're almost. I don't, like I don't think that. I don't think that's an official weight of measurement yet. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it should be. Maybe we could, maybe we could create that. That's right. Yeah. So Matt, before we go, please let the listeners know where they can find out more about you and, and find you out on social media. Yeah, I'm very active on social media. So you find me on Instagram at hypnohail and the same on Facebook at hypnohail or, or just search Matt Hale and you'll find me under hypnotist or mind hacks you'll find me quite easily on there and yeah obviously if you're a professional sense you can certainly find me on linkedin as well or you can head to matthale.com.au for other details on the website but yeah anyway if you type matt hale hypnotist into google you will find me yeah. <laughs> and i'm always very very happy to connect with people so please feel free to get in touch and i've got a few little free training videos for people i, I like to help people if they want to use the power of their own mind to change things. So if anyone wants to do those free training videos, yeah, get in touch and I'll send you some links. Fantastic. And they're also on your website. There's also a few little videos of times you've been on television and actually doing the hypnotist job. So people can also have a look at that because it's quite a good laugh. It really is. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Matt, look, I really appreciate your, uh, your time and coming on the show and having a chat with me. I really appreciate it find it absolutely fascinating and I will definitely be seeing you in Adelaide. So I look forward to that and um, thank you again. Uh, no problem. It's been a fantastic chatting to you and, uh, and thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Anne. My pleasure. Speak soon. Ants Talk. It's like Oprah, but not.